What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 300th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. <laughs> it's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today is Will. It is 300 threatened. That's how you say it. Thirth. Thirth. Thirst. It's the thirst. The 300 th- thirst. The thirst episode. Hello, we're here to talk about Pokemon of some variety. Some varieties of Pokemon, not all the varieties of Pokemon. No, only only certain Pokemon we're allowed to talk about. All right. It's just us. In like two days, we're leaving for PAX. It's easier to edit two people than it is two, three, <laughs> or four people. Got that right. And so I have like, after this, after we, we're done recording this and I edit it, I have to edit like six more podcasts all in one day because... When you're gone for a week, life doesn't stop moving, and you have to have content ready, so you pretty much have to do everything in the same week. Uh, but that's okay. We're going to have a good time at PAX. This is going to be a good episode. We're going to talk about some Pokemon news, as always, and then we're going to be talking about Detective Pikachu, because we both played it. Oh, heck yeah. There are nine chapters to the Detective Pikachu. For spoiler purposes, we are only going to talk about the first three. So all the way up to the end of chapter three is fair game. You have been warned. We will probably talk about Detective Pikachu after the break. Nothing to worry about yet. I would assume, though, if it's it's been, what, 10 days since that game has been out, I feel like either you care or you don't at this point. Either you bought it or you didn't. Either you watched somebody play it or you played it yourself. or And or you just have zero interest in it. Would that somebody be you that Me? I would have watched play it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't know who else you would have watched play Detective Pikachu. I don't know. Are a lot of streamers out there streaming no. <laughs> Detective Pikachu? <laughs> not at all. It's actually it's a hard game to to stream, one, because it's 98% dialogue that you have to read. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it provides little to no chat interaction. Uh, there's no way to pause the cutscenes. Correct. Uh, there's no way to turn up the audio in said cutscenes, which I think is my one complaint. Is I just like I feel like the cutscenes are a little quieter than the rest of the game, and it's really bothersome because the 3DS can only go so loud. That I didn't notice. Maybe it's just me, and maybe it's just because I feel like I'm always deaf and I need like things to be really, really loud. <laughs> Also, there's no way to tell when a cutscene is going to suddenly appear unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get we'll get to all that. So news, Detective Pikachu, Pokemon of the Week. That's pretty much our episode. Will and I will be at PAX on... Well, we both arrive, we arrive on Wednesday, April 4th. PAX starts April 5th. We will be there 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. Uh, I mean, I'll at least be in Boston on the 8th, but I don't think I'm actually going to... I've, I've already made the decision. I don't think I'm going to go to the convention on the 8th. I mean, that's your choice. Only, Sunday's... Sunday... Like, the last day of the convention, I always feel like I go with the intent to do something, and then, I don't know, nothing ever happens. It just feels like everyone's being hectic, lines are extra long, getting there is a hassle, then everyone leaves at, like, 5 p.m., so getting out of there is even more of a hassle. I feel like I would rather just spend the day in Boston than worry about, like, last-minute sightseeing at PAX. Um, not to mention WrestleManias that day, and I have not figured out where to watch WrestleMania that day. Yeah, and then uh, Midwest Gaming Classic is the next weekend. I'm still figuring out plans for that. 
So it's a busy, busy two weeks. Uh, and then I think the week after that, uh, that Friday, April 20th, we will be starting the Nuzlocke because we hit the Patreon goal of 1500 last, uh, back in December. And so, yeah, uh, we will be doing a Nuzlocke on Twitch and that will be sent to YouTube if you can't watch live, but that is, that'll probably be the first Nuzlocke I've ever done on stream. Uh, we will be doing Black 2. Because I've never finished Black 2, so what better way to experience Pokemon Black 2 by going through a Nuzlocke of it. And I believe with Black 2, you have the option to set it to hard mode. I think with it was like White 2, you could set to easy mode, and then Black 2, you could set to hard mode or something. Hmm. I looked that up. Uh, do you know what hard mode actually does? That just raises the level of the Pokemon in that you would encounter in the... Uh, trainer battles yes that's all it does it increases every trainer battle slash gym battle by five levels that's it so it's hey, that's real, pretty like, hard i don't think that's hard at all it's just more time of the grass grinding well but you also don't uh are you gonna hold to um what is it called the set yeah method? of course all right all right you it's all, a nuzlocke you always set who shifts dead, dead is dead who shifts set people who care about their pokemon nah set for life it's such a cop out when it's like trainer is about to send out murkrow would you like to switch and you're like yeah of course because i'm going to send out an electric type and then this isn't going to be an issue (laughs) Nah. There there are so many birds flying around my windows right now and they all like looked in right when you said that (laughs) set for life PAX this week, Midwest Gaming Classic next week, Nuzlocke the week after. These are these are the plans, and somewhere in all this, I have to do my taxes. You still haven't done your taxes? I did Irene's taxes. Uh, bring them to Boston, I'll do your taxes for you. Alright, <laughs> tax it up. Uh, let's jump into this Pokemon news. Bit of, bit of news this week, actually. Maybe I guess, I guess I was just seeing some news flying around, but this news was actually from last month. I didn't realize it till this morning when I was uh, just reading the Twitter in bed, but Pokemon Shuffle receives final update. No more new content coming. Ever? What it says. Oh, dear. This is off comicbook.com. Uh, April 14th, or April 14th, I'm sorry, February 14th, like last month, or I guess now that it's April 1st, two months ago. It appears that Pokemon Wait, are Shuffle- you pranking me? I'm not. Why, why would I pull an article from February 14th? <laughs> Because I, that's Valentine's Day, which is obviously a clue to the fact that you're pulling a prank on me. I mean, I can probably need the link. It's comicbook.com slash gaming slash 2018 slash 02 slash 14 slash Pokemon Shuffle hyphen Pokemon hyphen Shuffle hyphen ending. It says, it appears Pokemon Shuffle is coming to an end. The Pokemon company announced that the last batch of new stages and Pokemon would be the final update to the game. Moving forward, the game will receive no new content although players will still have access to old stages and periodic access to older events. Pokemon Shuffle is a match style 3 that first released in 2015. No reason was given to why the Pokemon company was ending support of Pokemon Shuffle, although it had recently run out of new Pokemon to add and its gameplay centered around Mega Evolutions, which hasn't been the focus of the franchise since the release of Sun and Moon back in 2016. The game did recently add Pokemon from Sun and Moon, including Ultra Beast and Legendary Pokemon. However, Pokemon Shuffle fans will have plenty of content left to discover. Not only did the game receive 20 new stages and 28 new Pokemon to capture, 
Players can also try their hand at UX stages, a version of older stages with significantly higher level difficulty levels. All Pokemon can now use raise max level, level items, which means that any completionist can grind out all of their Pokemon to significantly higher levels than before. The shutdown of Pokemon Shuffle could mean that the Pokemon company is gearing up for a release of a new mobile game. A mobile game called Pokeland has been in beta since testing last year, and we haven't heard any news about the game. Pokemon Shuffle is available for iOS, Android, and Nintendo 3DS and 2DS. The app is free to download to play. Did they give, like, the final date for Shuffle? Like, the exact day that it's... Or is it just... It's gone now. It's, it's just it's done dead. now, yeah. You can update... You can probably log in, update it, and then what's there is there. Maybe I will do that. That's just... I mean, that's really sad, because Mitomo is gone, now Pokemon Shuffle, I mean, it's... Shuffle lasted three years. It did. Three years of updates, like what was it was at least once a month update. Did they have Marshadow? Yeah, I think Marshadow was added. Oh, okay. Then I can forgive them. I mean they added Alter Beast. Well, then they did what they had to do. But it's just it's kinda sad because it's a fun game for people to play. I bet now that it's done, I said this like a year ago. Eventually I feel like they would stuff this all into a cartridge and then sell it for like thirty bucks. Uh, no, it'll be 42, just like <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> but I feel like now that it's done, I would not be surprised that if like later this year, there's a huge difference between a game sitting on a shelf for mom and dad to walk through Target before Christmas and go, oh, this is Pokemon related. My kid would like this. Opposed to- It's a perfect stocking stuffer. Yeah, as opposed to people seeing it's free and going like, oh, it's a free to play game. I'm going to have to put a ton of money into it, so I don't want to- there's a, there's definitely a case for putting it onto the store shelf, and they've done this before with which which Rumble game was it? Uh, Rumble World. Rumble now, World was it Rumble World? The 3DS Maybe. one. It was like free to play, and then eventually they stuck it on the shelf. Yeah, I can see them doing that for sure, and I don't think that's bad. I think that that's I think that's fine. That's them squeezing every last drop of blood out of that stone that they can get. <laughs> Speaking of uh, squeezing the franchise that is Pokemon, have you heard of a company called Valve? I they 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 uh that's like a, a where you take your clothes, right? Yeah, yeah, you take your because they steam press them. You steam them up. Speaking of steam, Valve makes this uh, small application called Steam that uh, you could download games from. Some of you might have heard of it. Did they make Portal? Valve is the people that make Portal, yes. That is a very good game. Congratulations yep. to them. Yeah, they also make like Team Fortress and Dota, uh Left for Dead, uh this eh. game called Half-Life. Pass. No no interest. But Valve is uh run by a guy called Gabe Newell. I think that's how you say his name. Eh, it's probably approximate. And in a recent interview, uh Gabe brought up Pokemon. Would you like to know what Gabe's, th- Gabe's thoughts on Pokemon were? I would be very intrigued as somebody mentioned that on Twitter, but they didn't say what exactly Gabe had said. So I'm curious as to what Gabe had to say. He said, quote, When you look at post-Magic the Gathering, for us there are a couple certain interesting points along the way, like the sort of designers and people who, uh, who are still thinking about their customers. Pokemon did this amazing job of doing, still probably the benchmark for saying, 
If you're trying to do a game, if you're trying to do a trading card game well, if you're trying to do linear media, they have done it better than anyone else. It is the single most valuable entertainment franchise in history, more than the Super Bowl, more than certainly any of Valve's products, more than Harry Potter. Pokemon is that, so that's why it's important, end quote. Was he specifically talking about trading card games? No, he's talking about everything. He's talking about how like Pokemon has done everything continuously for 20 years. Because I, I find it interesting that he says post-Magic the Gathering when, I trust me folks, put my Drive Check podcast hat on for a second here. Wizards of the Coast is printing money. <laughs> they, they, yeah, but they're printing, playing magic. they're printing money in just magic. Pokemon is printing money in TCG, in the video game atmosphere with, you know, these games selling 10 million copies, uh, which... Some games would kill to sell one million copies. They are also doing the anime, and they are also doing these spinoff games, and they are also doing these events. Yeah, it's my my only like sort of response counter to that is Magic the Gathering is the gold standard of trading card games, and people know it as a trading card game where there's like a significant chunk of the population out there where if you say pokemon they either only think it's the video game or they only think it's the trading card game and they don't realize that it's actually both and that they're both still going on (laughs) but that's that i mean but i i mean i don't disagree i think that pokemon is a huge franchise i i just I, i think that they've been incredibly successful and that they do very well at retaining customer loyalty, which is a nice, uh, you know, thing that we say in the business is you, you want to keep your customers engaged and ma- retain their loyalty, put as little money in to get as much money out. It was cool that Gabe, somebody who is running an app store, Steam, which makes money hand over fist. Very true. Also uh, brought up Pokemon. Although I don't know, like, the post-Magic the Gathering. I don't know if he's, like, specifically talking about, like, things prior to Magic. Like, the only thing I can really think of prior to Magic that has been extremely successful, and I don't even know how how successful, is, like, Dungeons & Dragons, right? Because that's older than Magic the Gathering, is it not? Uh, Mario. Yeah, Dungeons & Dragons definitely is. But, like, Super Mario Brothers, Zelda, those are all older than Magic the Gathering. Magic started, like, after I graduated high school. so put that in perspective the nes and the snes existed before i graduated high school some other news here regarding the pokemon championship series 2018 uh three new events have been added uh there will be uh stuttgart germany will be hosting a regional championship on april 14th through the 15th tours france will be hosting a special event on may 19th through the 20th and the Shearfield UK will be hosting a regional championship from June 16th through 17th. Is there an R in that? Shearfield? No. So it's like Sheffield? Oh, it could be, yeah. Yeah, okay. The, those are three new events. If you are in the uh, Europe area, Germany, France, uh, UK. And... I think that's all our uh, traditional Pokemon news here. So that means our daily 30-minute segment on Pokemon Go. Hey, 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 let's go. Let's go and go. (laughs) First off, there was an April Fool's Day for Pokemon Go. They uh, changed all the graphics in the game. 
these sprites are not from the Game Boy game. They're from Sun and Moon. They are the same sprites they use for the PC box system. Ah. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of things. But in this case, all the sprites being used, because obviously they have sprites from Generation 3 and, and whatnot, because those, and those were never Game Boy games. They were Game Boy Advance games. They were made with X and Y, and they haven't changed since X and Y. So whenever X and Y came out, what was that, 2013? 13. Yeah, they, they are, okay, so yeah, even their site says 8-bit. It's just, they're like extra crusty. <laughs> they're, just probably, they're probably bigger than we're used to seeing because yeah. we're used to just seeing them being pretty tiny for the PC box. But they look good. They do, but you don't see when you encounter have the wild encounters. That's not what they show up on the like the map and and every, when you're trying to capture them. That's no, not what no. they look like. Okay, it seems like people really like it. I mean, I thought it was very cute. I thought it was cool that they did this. It was especially yep. cool that they're. However, Pokemon Go is built on the back end. It is very impressive how they can just add and remove stuff and change stuff really without ever pushing any major update to your device. Well, it's that long loading screen that you get when you first <laughs> sign in every day. But yeah, I think I think it was cool. That was a very cool April Fool's joke. I'm sure people would like this to stick around or have a toggle or something, but uh, I think it's very charming. Charming or charmandering? Just charming. <laughs> okay, okay. Obviously, I don't think this is going to make anyone rush out and play Pokemon Go, but it is cool. Hey, I almost played Pokemon Go yesterday just to see what this looked like. I got really close. More like 16-bit, though. Maybe like 32-bit. No, 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 no. If they were 16-bit, the pixels would be just a little bit smaller. It'd be a little bit more refined. I don't know, like... 8-bit reminds me of, like, Mario in, in whatever. Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, I feel like that's 8-bit. These are way more detailed than Mario. Why, the Pokemon actually have eye colors. <laughs> you can see the detail in Pikachu's tail and Bulbasaur's bulb. Or is, is the bits the density of the pixels, or is it the um, breadth of colors that you can choose from? Ooh, a good question. This is something that, since I'm not a computer science or computer artist person, uh, I'm not familiar with. We should ask Micah. He he knows about making 8-bit, 16-bit, pretty much any kind of pixel art. I'm sure he knows the difference uh, when it comes to like what goes into making that and where you draw the line on that stuff. Uh, what are they called? The field research was added to Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty cool update, I think. Did you experience your field research with Professor Willow? I just had a conversation with him where he congratulated me on what a great trainer I've become and asked me to um, partake in some tasks to help calibrate his instruments. Uh, so if you don't know already, I'm sure if you're a hardcore Pokemon Go fan, you've already figured this out. If you're not, well, I'm going to spoil it for you. The field research leads to catching Mew. The first mythical Pokemon available in Pokemon Go. This is a quest system that has now been Im implemented. So there are two kinds of research that you can do. There are field research, where when you spit a Pokestop, you will get one of you can hold up to three different 
mini quests, I would I would say, and they they range from different things like catch three bug type Pokemon, catch three electric type Pokemon, spin three stops, evolve five Pokemon, uh, do th- four great throws, stuff like that. Um, things that you can accomplish in a day. And then there are special quests, uh, which leads to finding Mew. Uh, and I have all of them up. There are eight specific quests you need to do to get Mew. And this this is pretty much the only way to get Mew. Uh, it's unlike EX raids. It's unlike just regular raids. Like if you need a Kyogre or Groudon or Rayquaza, you would have to go to a raid and participate with other people. Go at a certain time. You have 45 minutes. There's a 2% chance to catch that Pokemon unless you do Curveball, great, great Throw, Golden Raz. That all increases it. But those legendary Pokemon, for the most part, have a 2% base rate of catching. So for Mew, your very first objective that you'll get from Professor Willow is spin 5 Pokestops, catch 10 Pokemon, transfer 5 Pokemon. Once you do that, you will receive an Incubator, three lure modules, ten great balls, and then you will move on to step two. Does that seem doable for you, Will? Uh, I don't understand what transferring Pokemon is. I've never done that before. Uh, it's like uh, releasing Pokemon and then getting candy for them. I don't, I don't do that. You, you, you're going to... Uh, how, how are you supposed to evolve Pokemon? This has now become an impossible... I, I don't evolve my Pokemon. I just catch them all... As they are. How many Pokemon have you caught in this game, Will? A couple hundred. Oh, okay. I looked at mine recently, uh, and I think I'm at like 8,000 Pokemon caught, which is not a lot. Where can you see that stat? Uh, Click on your trainer's face, and then scroll down, and then click on, I think it's the second or third medal. Uh, It should have like a little Pokeball. It's the Pokeball (laughs) medal. (laughs) I've got uh, 1,007 out of 2,000. So I haven't even gotten the first one yet. So I have 7,300, which, again, probably not a lot compared to pretty hardcore Pokemon Go players, but gotta start transferring them. Catch five Rattata, and then just transfer all of them. Issue solved. I, each Pokemon I catch is precious to me. I don't like... <laughs> this has become an impossible task. No, no Professor, wonder you get Mew. It's such a challenge. Professor Willow asked you to do this. Uh, Professor Willow has some dubious intentions. Well, once you get past the transferring five Pokemon, your second objective is to earn two candy while walking your buddy, make ten great throws, and then hatch three eggs. They, do they have to be exactly great? They can't be excellent or anything like that? Uh, there will be other things that will ask you about excellent. There's also like little, que- little mini quests will say, like, get five nice throws. Uh, but this specifically, hatch three eggs, get ten great throws, earn two candies with your walking buddy. So just for, for, for reference for some people, certain Pokemon have certain di- distances. So I think Magikarp has, like, uh, you only have to walk 1K to get a candy. Some Pokemon you need 3K, some you need 5. And then I think with, like, Lugia, Mewtwo, if you're walking with a Legendary, I think that is 10K to get a candy. If you want this done faster, I would recommend putting on a 1 or 3K Pokemon. Uh, what what's- is Dratini? Dratini, I think, is 10K. Oh, that's what I have. Uh, it'll tell you if you click on it. Five. Okay, Dratini's five. There you go. The next objective is you have to reach level 15 in Pokemon Go. Are you there yet, Will? Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm in, like, 20. Uh, you got to battle in a gym two times. I've done that before. We got to do it two more times. 
Uh, and you have to battle in a raid two times. Doesn't Maybe say you have to win east. the raid. You just got to yeah. battle in the raid. Uh, your, next, your next objective is you have to earn a silver Kanto medal. I don't think I can do that. What's your Kanto say? What does that one look like? Uh, it looks like a little eyeglass. It should be right next to the uh, catching one. I have the silver one already. Okay, so the silver one means you need to have 50 Kanto Pokemon in your deck. Yeah, I got that one. Okay, so you're good there. You have to earn five more candies with your buddy. Oh, man. And you have to evolve 20 Pokemon. Wait, if 3K, 5K is three miles. I mean, a couple dog walks will do that. All right. Okay, cool. You have to evolve 20 Pokemon. You can probably do that, too. I mean, if I start tearing through all of my duplicates and everything, I'm sure I could. <laughs> all right. Probably have, like, that Stardust, too. The Stardust does it, too, doesn't it? No, Stardust just powers them up. Oh, what's the thing that you can... Rare candies. Rare no? candies, Maybe? yeah. Rare candies will help okay. you. Uh, your next objective after you do all that is you have to make 20 great throws. Oh, boy. You have to catch 10 ghost Pokemon. Where am I going to find a ghost Pokemon? Yeah, start playing at night. That's where they come out. I can't just go to the cemetery? I mean, you could. I don't know if that'll work. But and There's dead bodies all over this city. It shouldn't be too hard to find a ghost Pokemon. And then you have to catch a ditto. I've already done that before. You got to find a new ditto to catch. All right. So after you're done with all that, you got to reach level 25 in Pokemon Go. Oh, I'm only at level 23. All right. Well, I'm sure when you do everything up to this point, you will probably be level 25. Uh, you have to battle at 10 raids. So you got to get 10 more ten raids. 10 raids? Yeah, It'll take me like two days. You got to get 10 raids under your belt. Then... You have to evolve yourself a Magikarp. Doesn't that take like a bajillion, jillion Magikarp candies? It takes 400 Magikarp candy. What? Now, this is where a lot of people are complaining. But to be fair, one, it's a lot easier to get Magikarp candy because pineapple berries exist. Sure, if that's what they do. I have no idea. Yeah, you use a little pineapple and then you get double the, double the Magikarp. Double the Magikarp candy. When do I use the pineapple? When I'm catching it? Yes, before you throw Wait, the Do Pokemon. I get candy when I catch them and when I hand them over to Willow so he can grind them up into a delicious paste? Yes. You get three times. You get three candy for catching a Magikarp. You use a pinup berry, you get six candy. If after you get the candy, you decide to transfer the Magikarp, you get one candy per Magikarp you transfer. Oh, boy. Oh boy. So that's seven. Seven goes into 400, uh, five, I can't do that kind of math. It's real hard. It's like 56 Magikarps I have to catch with pinap berries that I don't have. Well, good thing the quest system gives you a lot of pinap berries, so you'll be good. It is 57 exactly Magikarps. Nice. I mathed it out. Congrats, Will. So after you evolved your Magikarp and you got yourself a, a brand new Gyarados... Uh, you have to then catch 50 Pokemon using a berry. No, that's not that hard. I use berries all the time. Perfect. You have to make one excellent curve throw. And that happens for me occasionally. And then you have to, uh, register, you have to get the gold medal in Kanto, which is registering 100 of the 150 Pokemon. Oh, 
How far am I along on that one? Uh, I'm at 65, so I need 35 more. Well, you'll, be at, you'll be at 66 when you evolve the Magikarp into Gyarados. True, true. And I may evolve some other ones that, like, I might get, like, Eradicate or something. Uh, and then after all of that, Will, you can finally catch Mew. And I have to catch it. They don't just hand it to me after all that work. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not a 100% catch rate, but you can't fail it. I've seen videos where it pops out. Of the, I think every video I've seen, they've always caught it on the third ball. So whatever that means. Maybe I've just hand-selected videos that all match. You also cannot transfer Mew. Once it's in your Poké inventory, I don't know what they call that, your collection, you can't transfer it. So it's you're well, stuck with yeah. it forever. Um, you can't do anything with a Mew candy, so... Uh, you'll, I mean, you'll get Mew Candy, so you can level it up. How many Pidgey does it take to make a Pidgeot? Uh, 12 Pidgey to get Pidgeotto, and then I think 25 Pidgeys for Pidgeot, so 36. How many Pidgeys plus Pidgeotto? <laughs> I, think I've, I think I can make some progress here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm counting out what I got here. Wow, I got a lot of Nidoran females and a lot of Nidoran males. Hmm. So after all that, do you think that that's a cool way to get Mew? Do you think that's a cool way to get a mythical Pokemon? Or what are, what are your thoughts? I 100% think it's a cool way. Like People who want to put the effort towards it can put the effort towards it and do it. People who don't care, you don't get a Mew. You know, that's... I, I think I don't think it's imp what they're asking for is impossible. It's challenging, yes, but... That's why we play games, so that we can be challenged. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I know. I think this, this is great. Like, and, and I'm even, you know, almost tempted to try to do it myself because none of it sounded horribly out of reach except for evolving, evolving Magikarp into Gyarados. I don't know how many Magikarp I have because <laughs> it does spawn in my neighborhood. So I've got quite a few because I, you know, get those when I walk past the... Um, uh, what is it called? The fountain. Yeah. But even like Magikarp is not hard. It's just a little time consuming. It's just yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just is, have to. Is, ooh. I, I, have, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever not caught a Magikarp because one, Magikarp has a chance of being shiny. And two, I understand that it takes a lot of candy to under, uh, evolve Magikarp. I also understand that Gyarados is pretty good in Pokemon Go if you're using yeah. it for gyms and stuff. So. It's it's not like they're terribly difficult to find. Uh, I I guess one could argue like if you're not in a water biome, it would be a little more frustrating. You um, got that whole big lake shore. To yes, walk along I, I get and pick I, out all the Magikarps you want. I get zero Magikarp at my house, but if I was to go to downtown Milwaukee, it's very easy to find Magikarp. I can't find any Magikarp in my Pokemon list, and this is making me a little upset. I had like two thousand Centrets. Where are the Magikarps? I search for Magikarp. Um, and the the ditto one is a little a little silly, but it's really not that hard to find a ditto. I probably find one ditto a week without looking for it. Uh, if you're looking for ditto, you want to catch pretty basic Pokemon, so Pidgey, Rattata, Gulpin, I believe Hoot Hoot, Zubat, uh, I believe Ghastly can also be ditto. So pretty basic Pokemon can turn into ditto. So if you're looking for ditto. Uh, and you're struggling with it, I mean, just start catching low-level Pokemon that you would not normally catch. Uh, yeah. Rattata and stuff like that. So nothing's too very difficult. The, the ghost Pokemon might be troublesome for some people. That just, you know, ghost Pokemon do come out at night. 
So you can just play at night. It does teach people to maybe get a little bit good at great throws because it does require that. The battling for raids isn't isn't terrible. I think anyone at level, you know, 15 even can solo a Magikarp or a Swablu or a Snow Runt raid pretty easily. If you're only going off the free raid pass a day, that whole that all in all will take you 10 days to do. But you do get one free raid pass for catching the ditto and everything like that. So again, nothing nothing too too difficult. Uh but there are two types of players, right? There's going to be the player who got this done within the first, you know, 5 or 6 hours of being released because they just powered through it, power through through it, didn't sleep went all out to, you know, do everything they could do to get this. Probably already had the 400 candy. Hardest part of this for them, probably just trying to find that ditto. And that's okay. That's how they want to play. Same thing and when... They, you can buy raid passes, right? You can, Yeah, you can buy raid passes. Okay. Um, I think I have 20 raid passes just because I would buy, like, special bundles and they would throw in raid passes part of the bundles. And then you're going to have people that, you know, take their time and they just do it. I initially thought, like... I want to be this person that gets it done this past weekend. But then I thought to myself, one, I'm way too busy because PAX is coming up. And two, Mew's not going anywhere. This is not a time-limited event. It's not like you need to get this done within the next week or it's gone forever. You can really take, unless they announce an end date, which they haven't, you can really take your time doing this. And at the end of the day, you're going to get a Mew uh, that, you know, somebody who, you know, power rushed this in six hours and didn't get any sleep and didn't eat they also got a mew and they have nothing to do now uh they're probably happy with their mew but uh this isn't time sensitive so uh play at your own pace is what i would suggest don't feel stressed or rushed that you know one one of your friends has mew already you can't do a whole lot with it (laughs) yeah yeah it's not gonna be like you're not gonna be worrying about getting a competitive mew or anything like that just enjoy having it uh, so yeah, I think I think it's very very cool. I'm assuming for Celebi, it's going to be the same with uh, you know, make sure you have a silver badge in Johto. Make sure you have a gold badge in Do- Johto. Uh, they might say like, get a Porygon two instead of getting a Gyarados. I can't think of any Pokemon that has like a lot of candy in in Johto. Uh, I don't think there are any with 400 candy. I think that's exclusive to Magikarp and Swablu at this point. Swablu's. There's no um, wait. Is Feebas in in Johto? Nope. That's uh, that's uh, Hoenn. All right, all right. I'm I'm assuming when they do, do decide to do uh, Hoenn, that Feebas will probably be on the list. Probably something to do, but yeah, I think I've this this sets up a very nice game plan for future mythical Pokemon, and I think that's awesome. I'm very happy with how they. They rolled all this out. It's actually very, very cool, I think. No, I, I, I totally think it's it's better than having to get the pa- raid pa- EX raid pass invitations, which, you know, people didn't get or haven't gotten and they're getting frustrated with. It's like, there is a very clear path in front of you. If you want to get Mew, this is what you can do. And yes, it's going to be difficult, but it's not going to be impossible. Yep, I think so too. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll use that and take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about some Detective Pikachu. So we will be right back. Hello, everyone. It is the uh, first or technically second of the month. I wanted to take a quick second and let everyone know that... uh, 
podcasting and streaming are my full-time jobs. This is what I do for a living. So if you like the content, I do a lot of content. I keep making content. And I can only make content really because you guys support me. Obviously, the podcast, the streams, that's all free. So any way of supporting me is completely out of your own pocket. And your generosity, of course, is super welcomed. But because it's the beginning of the month, it's a great time to sign up for the Patreon. You do get access to our Slack community, which has over 400 members in it. And everyone is super awesome. And I'm always getting yelled at by my admins that I don't promote it enough. And then people come in and they go, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known this place sooner. Maybe I should get quotes. Maybe I should put quotes here to make it like one of those advertisements where it's like, so-and-so says this place is amazing. Um, <laughs> but if you want to support, you can never head over to isc.cash or patreon.com slash it's super effective to support. For $2 a month, you get access to our Slack community. And for $5 a month, you get access to our Slack, but you also get access to Irene and my other podcast, which is called Alola Vacation, where we review the Sun and Moon anime episodes, which we forgot to cover in news this week, but the entire first season of the Pokemon Sun and Moon anime is completely free if you have a Netflix subscription, so it's really not free, but you can watch all 43 episodes of pokemon anime on netflix and then if you support us you can listen to irene and i talk about how much we love the pokemon anime and there will be some new episodes this week and next week for that which is really exciting and we're really close to our two thousand dollars a month uh goal and if we do that then there will be four big seasonal podcasts a year think of it like the kickstarter episode that everyone liked where we take several hours do really long debates about stuff that probably doesn't matter in the end publish those for you guys so that's kind of the goal and obviously that helps support and make the content and everything so just wanted to bring that up of course also in other news because we're going to keep trying to do maybe these middle segments for important things instead of putting them at the end just so you guys can hear them and not miss out is that if you listen to the carve uh which is my monster hunter podcast the carve that i do with micah uh we had jason a striker from giantbomb.com on the carve and he talks about of course giant bomb and talks about uh his love of monster hunter and other games so if you're interested in giant bomb or just interviews or maybe you like monster hunter you should you should check out the carve this week that episode will go live on april 5th i'll let you get back to the the show and we are back from our break. Let's talk about some Detective Pikachu. Talked about it a little bit last week. Man, where to begin? So uh, if you haven't played Detective Pikachu, or maybe you have, we're only going to talk up to Chapter 3. So everything before Chapter 4 is fair game here. There's your warning. With that being said, the one thing that stood out of my mind, I want to get this out of the way, is last week Will said... He didn't understand how to save, and I thought, like, oh, it's just old man Will. He just couldn't find the save button. Wow. Um, <laughs> Harsh. Uh, but you're right. I don't know how to save without finishing a chapter. Because there is no saving without finishing a chapter. You Nope. Uh, actually. It autosaves a lot. Uh, yeah. It, anytime you cross a doorway, it autosaves. So that's the secret. But I, I have a lot of things to say, but Will... Uh, you are you you finished chapter three you're on chapter four uh what you, you last week you said uh you liked it but it was really really easy 
have your thoughts changed? Have uh, ha, have you opened a, a new window of of Detective Pikachu light to shine in on your experience? <laughs> have I had a bolt of brilliance? A bolt of brilliance, yeah. Have I gotten the Litwicks to? <laughs> They're so cute. I love the Litwicks. It the game very much reminds me of. The old PC games I used to have in the 80s where it was like very literally you would use the mouse pointer to point at things on the screen and click on them and it would give you like a piece of information about that thing and then you'd have to like try to figure out different pieces of information to get different answers or unlock different things. And I mean, that's pretty pretty much what we've got going here. Yeah. I I mean I like it. Um I think the story's fun. I think it's kind of obvious about what's going on and if I was like maybe 7 or 8 years old, I would get excited for the little things like the little tells and the kind of things that you pick up on that are more atmospheric, but for me it's just like screaming uh this is what happened this is <laughs> this is what's going on so unless i'm like completely surprised by what happens at the end and i was completely wrong uh i'm not going to be surprised so do you think you know I, what happened to the dad yeah uh well okay no i don't i can't say i know like in detail but i have a very strong suspicion and actually and maybe I don't know if this is sad or this is like just extra information. It makes it very clear to me why they pick somebody like Ryan Reynolds to play Detective Pikachu in the movie versus somebody like Danny DeVito. If that does that make sense to you if you think if you're thinking along the same lines that I'm thinking? Yes. Okay. I think I know what happens to the dad too. Yeah. So I think I I understand. All right, let's back up. So if you haven't played Detective Pikachu, it is a story-heavy based game. Uh, I would say even along the lines of like Gone Home or Firewatch, where uh, you're 95% playing it for the story that is being told. And the gameplay stuff is, you literally cannot fail the gameplay stuff. So if you, if you, <laughs> are you sure sometimes i'm like what if i misfire on pressing a <laughs> uh, if you if you misfire on pressing a they will either one have you do it again or two pikachu will like fail and then say like oh you you could have caught me kid and then like just move on with the story so if you get a prediction wrong if you if you put your case notes together and you get something wrong uh, Pikachu will just ask you to like reevaluate the stuff and do it again. You really cannot fail in this game. So in my, yeah, my favorite moments in the game are when he's like, "Give me the reasons why you thought that," and I'm like looking at the reasons that are the choices, and I'm like, "Well, I actually thought it for something completely different that's not on this page." <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very story based game. There are nine chapters. Uh, I I've gotten to chapter six and. You know, weeks ago, I I looked up, you know, before this game came out, I was like, it's $40. It's kind of expensive. Uh, it, it's already existed in Japan for, what, two years now? Yep. 
and everywhere I've read, people were saying, you know, chapters one through three were only like three hours and the whole game takes, you know, less than eight hours to beat. I went to, there's a website called howlongtobeat.com where you just type in the game and it usually tells you how long people have taken to complete a game. So it's like, ah, I want to know how long, you know, Super Mario Odyssey takes. And so you just type it in and it'll say like 14 hours or whatever. I don't think I play games slow. And I am at 12 hours now and I just finished chapter six. So I have three more chapters to go and I'm 12 hours in. Yeah, it took me five hours and seven minutes to get through the first three chapters. Yeah, that was about me too. But I will say they may be judging on like playing optimally versus what I like to do, which is literally talk to everybody. <laughs> well, that that's why I was like, let's back up and clear this game. And like, like, let's back up and explain what this game is, because there, if you're playing for the gameplay, I, you're going to be disappointed. So, like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to talk to everyone, because it's, like, the dialogue and the conversations and the character that makes you enjoy your time in this world. No, what makes me enjoy my time in this world are the wonderful Pokemon that you get to interact with. So maybe talking to the Pokemon, yes, that is thrilling for me. There are a lot of good Pokemon. Yeah, there are. If you haven't played it, I believe there is a demo that you can download for free. It does transfer to the full game. Even though, like, okay, I'm going to say I absolutely love this game. Like, it is probably, hands down, I think my favorite Pokemon spinoff game ever. What? Better than uh, Shuffle. Better than Pokemon Snap. All right. Uh, better than well, anything's better than Rumble. Mm. Better than the 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 two hours I've given both mystery dungeons. I've played Gates to Infinity and Explorers of the Sky. I've played at least one to two hours of both of them. Better than that. It's 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 a phenom. It's phenomenal. Detective what about Pikachu Pokemon Ranger. So I've never played Ranger. Oh, okay. It's so good, Will. I mean, is it going to be getting better? Because I'm in chapter four. Chapter four, I think, is the best chapter so far. Oh, okay. I've noticed there's kind of a turning point to things. Yeah, I would say that one, chapter four is the most predictable chapter in, like, who's the bad guy. Okay. Uh, But I think, I won't spoil chapter four, but there's a part where, like, I was like, oh, my God, my heart is sinking so much right now. But I also got that moment uh, after, was it chapter, I think it was right before chapter three starts, your, you like come, your character, Tim Goodman, comes out of the cafe and starts talking to Pikachu. And uh, Pikachu's not talking back. <laughs> yeah. And then your Pikachu, your, your detective Pikachu comes up and goes, hey, you confused that Pikachu with me. How could you do that? Like, we're clearly very different. And then Detective Pikachu has a conversation with his Pikachu, uh, and you can't understand it, right, because you you don't speak Pika. You understand yes. Detective Pikachu because Oh, he- and they, let's explain that for people, right? When I say talking to Pokemon, Detective Pikachu talks to the Pokemon and then tells you what they're saying. And they do a very good job at, like, he does a really good job at, like, reiterating what they say in a way that makes it very easy to read. Yeah. 
But uh, he's talking to this other Pikachu, and and at the end of the conversation, which you don't understand any of, of Detective Pikachu goes, "Well, you know, tell your tell your friend to be the best that no one ever was," and then you realize that like that was Ash's Pikachu that he was talking to, and like it was such like a good heartfelt emotional moment. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did this," which is like. The one thing that why I easily say this is one of the best Pokemon games I've ever played is there's so many times I've been playing and I go like, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did this. Like, this is amazing. I Like, they just went the effort and they did things that I don't want to be like, oh, it's very fan service because I don't think it is. <laughs> but at the same time, Pokemon is so like, Pokemon as a company has always been so like neutral with things. That, like, this game takes a lot of, not risks, but they do things where you're just like, this is awesome, sweet, cool, I'm super happy this is happening right now. Can you give me an example within chapters one, two, or three? Um, chapter one, let's go there. The one thing that really stood out to me were the, uh, were the P-Doves? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So just to like quickly summarize chapter one, like the big thing. So chapter one is still your tutorial chapter, but the big thing you have to do in chapter one is uh, you have to you have to figure out who attacked Apom, and there are one. Wow. Okay, so so they so I mentioned this prior to Detective Pikachu coming out. They make Apom look like a crime scene. So if you have no context of what happens, it looks like somebody shot Apom. And it looks like there's blood everywhere. But uh, if you're playing the game, like if you knew what happened right before, or of course you knew what happened right after, you that knew that he stole like a a red berry, and then when he got attacked, the berry like no. splatted. Did you not play this game at all? Are you lying? It literally looks like a crime scene, Will. He, no, he jumped on the hot dog cart. He took hot dogs and was throwing hot dogs. He was. He was. Pikachu. But he and has he a red. He got his tail in the ketchup. Yes, but he has a red berry, which also got smeared because you pick up but the, the red, red berry, berry as is, evidence. See, that's a clue. That's a different no, clue. I'm just saying, if you have zero context, it still looks like a crime scene. That is true. But also, <laughs> you missed the point that. The first investigation, you're trying to get the necklace that Apom stole. It's not about who attacked Apom. Apom's the malfeasor here. No, no. It is like the most of that. Yeah, the necklace is the overall thing. But most of like most of that mission is like we have to interview all these birds and figure out which feather is which feather. <laughs> my favorite was Taillo. Actually, so my favorite Pokemon of the entire chapter one is Burmy. I died i thought burmy was hilarious yeah so this is what i'm talking about so like the p-dubs especially so there are four different birds in in the park there's murkrow there's Taillow, there's p-dove and then there is uh starly uh and within like the first chapter which uh maybe takes most people maybe like an hour an hour and a half depending on how much time you spend in it you learn so much about these different birds, whereas, like, prior, you might think, like, oh, like, a Pidgey and a Starly, there's really no difference. A Pidgey and a Swallow, or a, a um, yeah, Swallow. Taillow. Taillow. 
there's no difference. They're just these are just the basic birds. But this game does a really good job at like letting you know how different these birds are just in personality. So like Talo is very uptight and like don't touch me. I'm a I'm I'm a prima donna. Like I'm no. I'm, what Talo says is if it's on the ground, I can't be bothered with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so De- Taylor very cares about being clean and being like its feathers are being perfect. And then you get to Starly and they're, they don't have too much character, but like you learn that they're always in like a group of three uh, and they don't really pay attention. They only are concerned with like their own little group. Um, but when, then when you get to P-Dove, they have so much character because they're like super forgetful. So like there's this old guy like feeding the P-Dove and they call him. I think he calls them like Huey and like George and McC- Donnie or something, something McCain or something. I don't know. Yeah, they're clearly references to like other ducks in history, but or other birds in history. But like Detective Pikachu's trying to like in- interview them, and they don't they don't know anything. Like they're just like, oh, we we're we're just eating food, and then he's like, okay. Okay, that's okay. That's fine. You don't know anything. And then he like asks them another question and, and they're like, wait, who are you? And he's like, I've literally been talking to you for like five minutes. They're just like really forgetful and they don't understand and they have like the shortest term memory ever and it's really great. Um, and then you get to Murkrow, which is like uh, the very like aggressive troublemaker bird, of course. But that's another moment is like the Burmy moment where you're just like, oh, Burmy's here. I wonder if they're going to do naked Burmy because remember when the Internet freaked out about naked Burmy? Yes, that's the, that must be the reason why they did that. Um, and then they do naked Burmy again, and it's really great. And, and they actually take the time to explain the cloaks, which I think like if you're uh, if you're listening to this podcast or you go out of your way to find Pokemon information, you probably know about the different cloaks. But a lot of people are just like. Oh, there's a there, or some people are are like there's a blue, uh, green cloak, a yellow cloak, and a pink cloak. But they, yeah, they take also, the time to like explain that, and they actually show that happening of like how it builds its cloak, how it loses its cloak. Yeah, I also think that they, um, in the sort of the way that the various Pokemon act in the overworld, in the real world, I think they based a lot of it on the Pokedex entries, right? So it's like you read about a Pokemon is such and such a way in a Pokedex entry, but you never see it in a Pokemon game act that way. And in this game, it's like you see them acting that way. (laughs) And it has an impact on the story. I think chapter one was good. Uh, chapter two was a little bit weaker, but I think they were still... Chapter two does a better job of just like letting you explore on your own without holding your hand. Uh, I just have one issue with chapter one. Oh, okay. That I just want to leave that it's out there. It's like, Okay, so Apom is unconscious. At one point, you roll him over. Yeah. At another point, you put him up on the bench. You try to get him to wake up. You tickle him with a feather doesn't wake up he's lying on the bench you know he's like unconscious chapter one ends we never see a <laughs> bomb get up off that bench no <laughs> poor a right, chapter two chapter two i feel like is the weakest so far uh it does like introduce you to some new pokemon some pokemon i like like litwick they do another thing in chapter two where they like add a lot of personality to Noibat. 
Um, so seeing Noibat was very cool. Uh, but like the thing about the Noibat in chapter two is there are three like caves and Noibat is blocking. There's a Noibat blocking every cave and you're looking for, you're looking for Drifloom so you can use it to fly out of the cave. And each Noibat has lied to you and has like assured you that Drifloom is in their cave. Only because they know you have candy in your pocket because they can smell it. And they want you to give them the, can the candy to pass. So I think that's like, obviously it, it, in a game that's like a mechanic of like, which door to go into. But how they implemented it into the Pokemon world of like, these Noibat just want the candy. And they will, they will definitely tell you exactly what you want to hear. So they can get what they want. I think is really charming. And I think it matches the Pokemon. and and. I don't think a lot of people have thought about Noibat in that way before. <laughs> no, and also I appreciated about that that they made that into a logic puzzle because there's not a, not a lot of thinking <laughs> in this game. So it was kind of like figuring out which cave to go into was based on, you know, recognizing, oh, this one's here and this one's next to that one, so the other one is this one and that I enjoyed that, like trying thinking through that a little bit. It, it it made my brain rev up like just the tiniest little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then chapter cha so chapter two is I think is easily the shortest chapter, um, and that's still like an hour long. Um, you could probably get through it in like thirty or forty five minutes if you don't read all the dialogue. But again, I'm not sure why you would buy and play the game without like trying to talk to everyone and seeing what they say because. There's there's so many like little things they say which are really charming or really cute or like oh that's funny especially from Pikachu like Pikachu is I feel like nine times out of ten I'll I'll say something like like what is happening right now and then Pikachu will be like I don't like I don't understand what is happening right now <laughs> like Pikachu is really good at like representing what the players may be feeling in the moment yeah. um, because Tim is such a such a like a, a wet slate. He's just so blank most of the time. A white white slate, clear slate, blank clear, slate, yeah. blank slate. Blank slate. We got there. Um Um Can I can I have one gripe that I have with the game? Yeah. Gameplay wise. So there is a built in mechanic where since Pikachu knows that people around you can't understand him speaking, that uh, if he has something to tell you, he goes, hey, Tim, like that, right? And you're supposed to, like, kind of step aside so you can have a conversation with him without other people seeing and thinking that you are weird for talking to a Pokemon. Yeah. That always triggers, like, as I am in the motion of, like, entering a doorway oh, or yeah, yeah. opening up. <laughs> and I'm like... Then I was like, I miss the, because you actually have to tap on Pikachu to then have him explain what he, whatever information he had to give. And it's like, how do I get that to re-trigger so that he will say, hey, Tim again, you know, and I can get that. And that's like very frustrating for me because it's like always right as I'm clicking on something else, he like speaks up. Yeah. And most of the time he like, for me, he speaks up when like. He's like, hey, we have all the clues. Let's let's solve this. And it's like, no, I'm I'm still talking. Like I'm still just exactly. getting like, still just making sure I I get everyone's dialogue. Not because I need to, but I want to know what they they have to say. Yeah, and there are still things in chapter three where I'm like, did I did I finish that or is it just left unfinished? You know. 
Yeah. There's also like, okay, so every time they end a chapter, I feel like they do a really good job of getting you excited for the next chapter. So how they end chapter one is like you're walking out of the um, the park and Detective Pikachu goes like, oh, by the way, I'm your dad's Pikachu. Like that's the first like twist, I guess, right? Where I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like this is why you're here. You're like you're my dad's well, Pikachu. My dad is missing cool like but that gets me excited that, for the next chapter now that was obvious when because it starts with the with the car crash doesn't it that was the opening scene yes so i mean there was a pikachu with a hat on yeah but oh, they don't I say, guess, yeah they don't yeah come out and say that though i guess i guess i'll go home and make a meatball sub but it's fake meatballs the fakest yeah but they're good fake meatballs. They're good fake meatballs. They're good fake meatballs. Fake bacon. Fake bacon. Good fake meatballs. I went through rigorous testing <laughs> to find only the best fake meatballs. I cooked up some fake bacon for myself. Uh, but what did you, so if chapter three is for sure the longest chapter, it's chapter, it's longer than chapter one and two combined. I felt very long. That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but they, they pretty much like lay out like, Hey, there's a map here. You're going to need it. There's lots of rooms. Uh, there's lots of things to solve. Uh, so good luck. There's, and that's also like chapter three has the most Pokemon. So Multiple times in chapter three, I got very excited of like, oh my god, there's a Floet here. Oh my goodness, there's a Hurtier here. Oh my goodness, there's a Garbodor here. There's just so many Pokemon in chapter three that got me really excited. And that's another part of the game that I think does really well. Because not only are you like, oh my gosh, a, 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 a Garbodor. You're like, I need to know what kind of personality Garbodor has. Because every Pokemon has such a good unique personality that fits uh it gets it, it's it's pretty exciting for me but um what were your thoughts overall in chapter three so i did enjoy i definitely enjoyed talking to all the pokemon and finding out about them and i enjoyed kind of the plot of what happened um i mean definitely worthwhile chapter to play the only drawbacks were. Well, okay, we said that this is spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for me, it was obvious. <laughs> it was obvious from very early on. It was on. obvious that it was Carlos for you? Yes. Because when you go to talk to him the first time, and he's like, Rotom, Rotom won't listen to me. I'm an expert in ghost Pokemon. And, like... And I figured Rotom would listen to me because it's a ghost type, but, oh, I have to learn more about electric types in order for it to come to, to be listened to me or whatever. And I'm like, well, obviously the expert in ghost Pokemon. I, yeah, I, I also, from I the drawing, 
like the when when they showed the drawing of the shadow of the Pokemon that was stealing the food, I was like, that's Gengar's arm. Obviously, I don't. I don't think. See that one, that didn't bother me, right? Like when it was like, oh, it's Gengar. Cool. The game does that a lot, where you're just like, oh, I know what what's happening here. But yeah. in that chapter, that was the first chapter where I was like, I thought about it, and I was like, I don't know who the bad guy is because they 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 lay out all the characters which again i think they do a good job at like introducing you to all these people and then like not in a short amount of time but it's not like two hours is a long time to spend with somebody but like you kind of learn their qualities and you notice what they say but in that chapter it's obvious that they make what's his name wallace i think he's like he's like he's the reunion guy yes Yes, they they make him look like he's the bad guy because he's just mean. Yeah, so there's a really mean scientist in Chapter 3 that, like, they clearly make look like the bad guy. And so that's cool because I'm sure as a kid you're like, oh, he's the bad guy because he's really mean. It's like, this, it's like the Snape thing in Harry Potter where you're like, well, Snape's the bad guy because he's so mean. But obviously Snape is just, that's just, he's just a mean dude. Um, he just doesn't have ill intentions. Uh, but so I'm like, well, it can't be Wallace. Cause like, that's too obvious. And then I didn't really think of Carlos cause Carlos was nice and he was just like flustered all the time. And then there's like this, there's like, Hey bro, I'm the surfer dude. Fridge. Fridge. You're just like, it's not fridge. <laughs> and then you're like, it can't be the other girl. Cause she's like really nice and she believes in ghosts and stuff. So I actually thought prior to the last couple events, uh, that it was the president because the president all, was like the only other person you really don't talk to that much. Um, and she's she was her name is Dorothy. Dorothy, and she's like, I used to work on stuff, but I've been too busy now. And I was like, ah, that's like a really bad alibi of like I did used to do do all these things, but now I don't do them because you find a secret lab and you're like, oh, okay, like. Maybe it's Dorothy. I mean, so she was she was re- a reasonable suspect up until the point where she said, "I have a machine for catching ghost ghost type Pokemon. Go over here so you can catch Gengar." And I was like, "Oh, well then, it's obviously not her because she, she wouldn't be helping me catch Gengar if that that's was the true. case." That's true. There are there are a lot of obvious things, but like they don't bother me about the game. Um, like when the room is cold the first time, you're just like, "Oh, this room is significantly cold." Okay, keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, you notice that. Uh, but then there are there were the, the one thing that does kind of bother me, but again, it's not that big of a complaint because I'm going to talk to anyone every way, anyways. Is like the key lock to the the garden, where like when you read the key lock, it's like who is the electric ghost Pokemon? Who is the ghost Pokemon? Who is the fire Pokemon? And then who is the ghost grass Pokemon? And you're just like, I know all the answers to this. Because I haven't talked to one specific person, I'm not allowed to enter the key code yet. That's like my only complaint. But yeah, in this type type of game, there's really no way to like prevent that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just like you, you don't unlock things unless you have a reason why you should be able to unlock them. You can't just barge through just because you actually know the answer. So you have to like think of it in a game aspect. Like in a later chapter, I knew I knew what happened, but I was like, I know how this happened, but I don't have enough information to prove how it happened, which is really cool when it gets to that point, because I think that's what they're aiming for every time, where you're just like, okay, I know this is the fact, 
but I need to prove that to everyone, and I don't have that information yet. So I think what the game is really asking you is like, well, if you know it, then prove it to us. Yeah, wow. and and they do actually make that clear in chapter four. This is not a spoiler um, about chapter four, but they do make it clear of you can't just accuse somebody because you think this and think that. You have to have evidence to prove. Chapter four, yeah. Um, but my my other issue with chapter three is, and and you can just let me know, is there ever a way to get Rotom into the motor device? I don't think so. Rotom's okay. a jerk. No, Rotom's hilarious. Oh, and did you wait when he goes into the computer screen and it's the it's the Rotom Dex face? Yeah, the Rotom. Oh my god, that was perfect. <laughs> then, so the second one is, I fed Gar- Garboder a, a ton of different kinds of garbage. Yes. Does that ever lead to anything? I don't think so. Not that I okay. saw. I fed him a bunch of garbage too, which that was another weird thing of like how to feed him garbage because you go up to the machine and it's like you can you can use this, but it doesn't let you, and you have to talk to like fridge in order to use the machine, which is a little weird. Oh, and, and it's, what's even more weird, all right? Because right, that that's just like a a strange mechanic. You talk to fridge, you say, "I have some garbage. I'd like to test the machine." Then you walk to the machine, press the button, Fridge throws the garbage to Garboder, who eats it, belches, and then the machine inhales it. And it's like, well, I could have thrown the garbage to Garboder. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it's just like the the battery and the spray can don't can't be purified by the machine. And I was like, I wonder if that means anything. I don't know. There was also something else I thought you could do in chapter three, but it didn't seem like it led anywhere. Because uh, you, oh, you could get other, chapter three is where you get more clues than you need to for the first time too. Where um, when you mix the potion inside of Shuckle, which is a cool mechanic, by the way, of like, Shuckle has always been this Pokemon known for like making berry juice. Like, I don't know if anyone remembers gold or silver. Like the reason... If you remember, like, the one actual story beat that, had like, doesn't even get enough time to shine in Gold and Silver. By the way, like, people keep asking me what my favorite generation of Pokemon is and what my least favorite is. And I always, like, now default to Gen 2. Just because I recently played Crystal and I realized how incredibly shallow all of Johto is. Because it didn't... One, it doesn't seem like they had enough time to work on it. And two... They were so worried about sticking Kanto postgame in that it, I think, personally ruined Johto. Because you can go through all of Johto, not even speedrunning. You can just go through all of Johto in, like, six hours. Like, once you arrive to Goldenrod, you can literally just walk straight to Whitney, battle her, and then leave. You don't have to do anything else in that town. <laughs> and then as well, soon as... if you can beat that mill tank. And then as soon as... Well, I mean, you can get him a chop in Goldenrod department store. It's... It's very easy if if you struggle with that. And then as soon as you get to the next town, you go into the bird tower, the three legendary beasts flee, you walk out, you beat Morty, and then you can leave that town. Like, I think you have to get served. But anyways, the one thing about Gen 2 is that they, I don't, again, I don't know if people notice this, but the reason that the fancy medicine is over by Chuck 
is because that's where the shuckle live and the shuckle can make that medicine. So you battle Chuck, you get your gym badge, you talk to the weird mystery guy, he gives you the medicine. It's supposed to reference that shuckle has specifically made this medicine. Then you go back over to Jasmine. You give the Ampharos the medicine. You battle Jasmine. And then you're out of that whole area. You battle two gym leaders in like 20 minutes and then you're gone. But in Detective Pikachu, they make it very, very clear that Shuckle has the skill of making really good medicine inside its shell. And you have the ability to like take different berries. And like that's the first time where you can get like coffee and water and um, whatever Uniclus is floating in. And you can pick one of those three to mix with the different berries to then make the correct potion uh, at that time. Which isn't a terribly hard puzzle, but it's the first time the game gives you more stuff than you are needed. Yeah, I, I was a little stuck because I didn't realize it was reuniclus fluid that I needed. So I was like, where, where is this stuff? I don't... I know where the coffee is. I know where the water is. But where's this other whatever fluid it was called? Yeah, that was... I should correct that in chapter two, they give you like two different rocks to choose from. They give you a sharp rock and like a blunt rock. And obviously you go with the sharp rock. But um, chapter three, they give you way more stuff than you needed. You need to. And then chapter three ends with the arrest of Carlos, the capture of Gengar. Uh, And then because you have your dad's Corvette or whatever hot rod you're driving in. Yeah, is Tim Goodman really old enough to drive? I believe Tim Goodman is supposed to be in college. Really? Oh. Well, I mean, that puts some of the disturbing things that Pikachu says in perspective, but still. <laughs> Pikachu is the best. Pikachu is like character of the year for na- by now. I, I just don't need him to be constantly like objectifying women the way that he does. <laughs> Look, he just wants Tim to have, you know, he wants Tim to not be shy. You know, sometimes you got to take risks. That's true. Sometimes you just got to, you just got to ask a girl uh, for her phone number. Well, I guess the way I put it is he's encouraging Tim to explore romantic possibilities, not to hold back just because his father has mysteriously vanished, (laughs) could be dead somewhere. Um, But chapter three then ends with, Tim Goodman and Pikachu like looking over the city in their Corvette or whatever they're driving. Uh, and then we see Mewtwo in the distance, like looking down on them. Well, they're at the spot where Tim's father had his accident. Oh, is that where they uh, are? Yeah, they drove to that spot because now they know why the accident happened. So, so isn't I- it intriguing that Mewtwo happens to be hanging around that same spot? I think mm. in the original trailer they might have shown Mewtwo, but I completely forgot about oh, it. Oh, they, def- they definitely did. So when I saw Mewtwo there, I was like, oh, snap, this game is getting good. And like I said, I think Chapter 4 is really good. I don't know how far you are in it, into it, but they, inter- they introduce a certain Pokemon, which is... They introduce a couple Pokemon where I'm just like, oh my goodness, these Pokemon are amazing. Uh, and... Chapter 4, I think, is as long as Chapter 3 overall, so strap in. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, I, uh, I've i only, like, done the first segment, so, yeah, not that far. I Oh, but also, can we give honorable mention to Ludicolo? Ludicolo? Oh, that the waitress? Gr- the waitress. It just, like, 
the first time you see it, it gets so excited it drops all the plates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just for you, Will, chapter five is 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 shorter. Uh, it's probably chapter five is probably like the length of chapter one, maybe. And then chapter six is very long indeed, as well. Man, oh man. I'm like 12 hours in. I still have three chapters left. I think I know how it's going to end, but I am still so excited to play it. Is this part, this is only parts one and two, right? There's still supposed to be a part three. No, I think this is the entire thing. This has to be the entire thing. Because the way chapter six ends, like, they pretty, like, chapter six ends in a way where you're like, okay, we're, we're pretty much on the verge of solving this. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> oh, man. I had so I had such low expectations for this game. I thought it was going to be like really easy and get a couple laughs out of it, and it was only going to take like six to seven hours, and it has just blown everything out of the water. Like, oh, I, I think also all the the graphics and the character models and everything like that are, are really well done. Like, even when you get to chapter four, I had, like, no clue you were going there. And then when you get to chapter five, I was like, this is a whole new area. And then when you get to chapter six, you're just like, this is another whole new area. So, like, I can't even imagine where we're supposed to go for chapter seven, eight, and nine. Like, I'm just so excited to see where it goes. You go back to figure out if you can get Rotom into that machine. Oh, okay. (laughs) But it's been such a... Such a joy to play it, and I was very hesitant to recommend it to people, but I feel like if you're a Pokemon fan and you're looking for Pokemon stuff, I absolutely think it's worth the $40. Um, have you come across any Pokeballs at all? Uh, I don't think so, no. Yeah, there's, so there is no catching of Pokemon. No, is... it's mentioned, though. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they'll mention it in a later chapter where, like, a certain Pokemon thinks you're going to catch it, and, like, Tim has to, like, be like, no, I'm not here to catch you. I just want to ask you a question. (laughs) There's so many miscommunications between the humans and the Pokemons in this world. (laughs) Uh, There is a part later, too, where, like, Pikachu repeats back what a Pokemon says, and, like, Tim's, like... Are you lying to me right now? Like, what did it actually say? And Pikachu's like, no, I'm being honest. This is what the Pokemon said. So it is like, it is cool that like they get to that point where it's like, I cannot believe this Pokemon is saying that. Chapter six (laughs) is so good, though, by the way. Chapter six is so, so good. So chapter six also, no spoiler, but when you when you get to like the thing at the end, like I literally sat there probably for three or four minutes and I was like trying to like replay everything that happened because i didn't know who to accuse and like yeah if you accuse somebody wrong like pikachu's just like not tim try again but i wanted to accuse them right the first time and i was able to like the people that you have to accuse in that chapter have such good reasons of like it wasn't me that you're just like i don't know who it is man chapter six is incredible Still got a ways to go before I can get there. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I'm excited for it. It's such a good game. I'm so happy with it. I like what I like. I'm already thinking of like, I can't wait to like, I want to play it again almost, which is like weird because like last week I was like, oh, you play it once and you're done. But because I didn't play it at that point, you did. But now like, I just want, like, I want to see other people play it now, too, because I want to see their reactions to the thing. I, there's just so much to do in it, I feel like. 
Who is your favorite Pokemon that you've been able to interact with in the game? Mm, I feel like my favorite Pokemon's after chapter three. Oh. Who is your favorite of before chapter three? Before that chapter you got to three? Interact with? Yeah. Noibat was pretty good. Oh, Fennekin was pretty good too. <laughs> that was after the um what you, courtyard or whatever is destroyed and like all the other Pokemon are like, oh, we're gonna have to rebuild this courtyard it's gonna be work and fennekin's running around and it's like there's so many twigs for me to eat oh yeah 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 <laughs> no i think i think my favorite uh has been i mean gengar was pretty choice but hey pig was also pretty good if you Tepig found was, if you yeah. found him in the bush he was he just thought everything was food yeah uh, that was good uh i think the the Minchino. And he was like, I tried to, cl- I thought Garboder was a pile of trash. Oh, man. <laughs> and Minchino I tried to good. clean it up. <laughs> there are so many good Pokemon in Chapter 4. Chapter 4 oh, might it- have the best amount of Pokemon in it. Chapter 6 has some good Pokemon, too. There's also, okay, there's also, not to spoil anything, but there is, uh, there's a Per-Ugly in Chapter 6. And the game, like I, like I said, explain the thing about Chuckle where, like, Chuckles' shell is really good at, like, mixing medicine in. I didn't realize that until I played Chapter 6, and it's not a spoiler that Perugly's there. It's pretty obvious. Like, Perugly's... Perugly is, uh, like, you have to find it eventually, but the woman is like, my Perugly is missing. But they mentioned that Perugly, like, uses its tail to wrap around its body to then, like, squeeze its waistline to make the front of its body bigger so it looks fancier and also more intimidating. And I had no clue that was a thing. And then when you find Perugly and you actually see it, you can see that its tail is, like, the tail comes up and around and then it wraps around its mid-body so it, like, squeezes its waistline. Like, I had no clue that was a thing about Perugly. Neither did I. The things you learn. Oh, it's just like those waist trainers that people use, or however, whatever they are, to like, like, well, no, it's more like a corset. Yeah. Uh, Squish its own waistline. It's really cool. (laughs) Um, Because, like, even I I just went to the Bulbapedia page, and like, when you look at it on Bulbapedia, even if you look at its back or its front, it just looks like its tail is curled up. But like, yeah, there's that whole fluffy part is technically its tail, too. So it fluffs up to wrap around its body. It's so good. It's so, 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 so good. I can't believe how good it is, Will. <laughs> well, I, I need to make some more progress. I, I have been enjoying it, though. Okay. Uh, well, let's just jump to our Pokemon of the week. Got nothing else to really say. All right, don't tell anybody. We're going to do it. So you already know what it is, but we're going to see if the listeners at home can guess. Oh, right, right, right. This Pokemon is a slender brown tree that stands on six roots bent like spider legs. Its inner body is made up of black shadow, which is mostly covered by tree bark. There are two large, crooked, horn-like gnarls on either side of its head and another smaller gnarl on its forehead with a tuft of green leaves in the middle and a large, menacing, dark red eye below them. Its two arms are held horizontally level, 
Thin upper arms and thick forearms, like the body, is made up of black shadow covered with tree bark. Each upper arm has a small single spike or leaf. The forearms have a small branch immediately before a large cuff of green foliage at the wrist, connected to hands with three wooden pincer spikes for fingers. This Pokemon can use its roots as a nervous system, allowing it to control trees at will. It uses this ability to trap those who bring harm to the forest, so they can never leave. Despite its terrifying appearance and power, it is known to be kind towards the Pokemon that nest in its body. Along with its pre-evolution, Other Pokemon, this Pokemon is the only known Pokemon capable of learning Forest's Curse. If you haven't guessed by now, the Pokemon is Trevenant. Uh, origin of Trevenant is uh, Trevenant is probably based on Kodama, the spirits of trees that sometimes inhabit old age trees. Its stripe-like indentation on its body is very similar to Shimenawa, Shimenawa used to mark spiritual habitation, who are often seen tied around Kodama. It also similar. It is also similar to other types of tree and nature spirits and deities, such as dryads. Trevenant's fierce protection of forests may be a reference to Hamadryad, or it could perhaps be a nod to the concept of protected sacred groves. Its single eye may possibly be a reference to Cyclops, or Cyclopes, let's pronounce that correctly, or the mountain-dwelling Yamawarawa. Its general body shape may have been based on the shape of the kanji, that one, meaning wood or tree. Its shiny coloration is based on the birch tree, known for its gray and white bark, with its leaves representing a tree in the autumn. Uh, the shiny version is uh, like white bark uh, with orange leaves instead of green leaves. I caught a natural wild shiny Trevenant in Pokemon Y. Did you? You just yeah. found it? Yep. That's awesome. No other Pokemon in this has the same egg group combination as Trevenant and its pre-evolution. And Trevenant and its pre-evolution were designed by James Turner, which we've talked about before. Um, but uh, Trevenant is really good for shiny hunting, if uh, you are into that. Uh, especially in sun and moon and ultra sun, ultra moon. Would you like to explain? Would you like me to explain why that is, Will? Please do. I've never been able to understand this. Okay. So Trevenant has a Trevenant is one of four Pokemon that you can use to shiny hunt. Uh, the other three are Phantump, Execute, and Executor. So really, at the end of the day, you have either two lines to pick, either ex- Execute. Or, or the Phantom line. So there are five Pokemon that can learn the hidden ability Harvest. And it, Harvest is only a hidden ability. Um, so that's Execute, Executor, Tropius, or Tropius, however you say it, uh, Phantom, and Trevenant. Uh, so what Harvest does, it's a hidden ability. Uh, it is, if a Pokemon has used a berry, there is a 50% chance that it will be restored at the end of each turn. The important thing is each turn. 
the Heldberry is uh, remembered even if it's not restored. Or, uh, if it's not restored, if the Pokemon is switched out, Harvest will always activate in harsh sunlight. Um, so the reason that that's important is because when you're doing an SOS battle, uh, eventually the Pokemon that you have false swiped to keep alive to call in more Pokemon will eventually run out of PP and then struggle and then die. Uh, which will end your chain. And you could do it. So the old-fashioned way is like, let's say you're SOSing in a Caterpie. Caterpie can probably last about 40 to 50 turns before it struggles and dies. Because uh, I think it has about 40 to 50 PP. And so you could switch Caterpie every 50 or every like 30 turns, right? You can be like, all right, this Caterpie has been up long enough. Let's kill it and let's all swipe the new one and then have that one call in for help. That can be tedious, one, because you can easily lose track of, like, I don't know when the last time I've killed this Caterpie is. Or two, uh, it just, you have to, like, set up a new false swipe, and that takes an extra turn, so it can be a little tedious. So, what you can do with either Trevenant or Execute, the line, is if it has the hidden ability Harvest, you can use a move called Skill Swap, which... In Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, you can learn Skill Swap by going to the Battle Tree and teaching it there. What Skill Swap will do is it will switch your ability with their ability. So you are giving the other Pokemon, let's just say Caterpie, Harvest. So now it has the hidden ability Harvest. And then you can go to uh, Hia Hia Beach and you can teach Trevident specifically the move Trick. Um, if you're Execute, you can't learn the move Trick. You have to learn the move Bestow. Trick is better, which is why I recommend people picking Phantom and Trevenant over Execute and Executor. And the reason is uh, they both do the same thing with one exception. Uh, Trick and Bestow will give a held item that your Pokemon is holding to the Pokemon of your choice. So you would want to give Caterpie a Lepaberry. So then when it eats the Lepaberry to restore its PP, it will use the Harvest ability to get the Lepaberry back. The difference between the two is Trick will take its held item, give it to you, and it will give you your held item to it. Bestow only gives. So if, for some reason, Caterpie was holding a berry already, which I don't think Caterpie can ever hold anything, but let's just say Caterpie was holding a berry, uh, Bestow would fail. So if you're trying to like skill swap Bestow, something like a Hakama-O or a Sneasel, I believe those Pokemon have a chance of holding like a... King's Rock or like a Quick Claw or something or like a Dragon Scale. I can't remember. Um, but Bestow would fail in that instance because they're already holding something. So that's why I think Trick and Skill Swap are better. So then the question is, well, if it's not harsh sunlight, doesn't it only have a 50% chance of eating the berry? Yes, technically. But keep in mind that it will eat the bear. It will attempt to eat the berry after every turn. So even if it doesn't eat the berry after the first turn, it has pretty much nine other turns to eat the berry. So let's say um, it has Body Slam. Body Slam has PP of 15. When it gets down to zero, it will eat the berry. It will go back up to 10. So that means in 10 more turns, it will be back down to zero PP. But oh, it, not not eat the berry, but... Um, replenish the berry. There, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> uh, so that means every single turn, every time it uses Body Slam, it has a 50% chance of replenishing the berry so it can eat it again. So that means that it's almost impossible for it to not eat the berry 
in 10 turns or replenish the berry in 10 turns. So the likelihood of that would be like flipping a coin and getting tails 10 times in a row. It's 50% every time. I did look up the odds for those curious. It's a 1 in 1,000 chance of getting tails 10 times in a row. So it is possible for it to fail, but uh, eventually it will replenish the berry. When it's done body slamming 10 times, it will eat the berry again. Then again, it will attempt to replenish the berry every time. So really, all you're doing is you're setting up one specific Pokemon with Harvest with, with by skill swapping, giving it a Lepa Berry using Trick, and then that specific Pokemon you'll never have to touch or worry about again. It will never struggle. It will never die. Obviously, if it has a move like Takedown, it's going to kill itself, so it doesn't work on like Beldum and stuff. But um, that is the skill swap strategy that you can use with Trevident, which makes it very good for shiny hunting. So there you go. All right. Now I understand why you use a Trevenant for shiny hunting. And then if you're looking for a Harvest Trevenant, you can either get it through breeding, or if you go through SOS, after a chain of 30, there is a 20% chance that any Phantom getting called in will have a hidden ability. You can either um, use Skill Swap to check, or you can use Trace to check if it has a hidden ability or not. Use something to check its ability. Um, when it comes in. Phantom also has the move Frisk. So if it comes in and it says Frisk has been activated. Obviously you know it doesn't have Harvest. Because Frisk will pop up. I think it's other ability is Natural Cure. Which it won't check for. So you would have to use Skill Swap or something to check. Or you could just catch it and then check then. But then you would have to do your whole chain over again. If you're specifically looking for something with Harvest. So that's my tip. I would... Personally, go with Phantom and Trevidant, because I think Trick is better than Bestow, but your choice. If you really like Execute, I mean, it'll work. Well, yeah, and if you use Trick, then you get all those things, you get to keep them. That's true, yep. If it, they're holding, like, a dragon scale or something, you get to keep that afterwards. Uh, we've talked about James Turner before. He's made a couple Pokemon. He's made Shadow Lugia, Vanillite line, the Gallet line, the Volibee line, Phantom line, Boswell, Gozlord, Poiple, and Naganadel. Uh, he's been working on games ever since Pokemon Coliseum. He's worked on Gale of Darkness, Troze, Battle Revolution, Black and White, Black and White 2, Harmonite, X and Y. He worked on that elephant game that was terrible. Uh, he was the director of that, so um, sorry. <laughs> it was a bad game. Uh, and then he worked on Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I mean, uh, you can complain about his games, but I would be happy to have his career. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's our episode, though. I think we're done here. I think so. Uh, we'll both be at PAX. This is true. Uh, if you want to find us at PAX and meet up and say hello, or maybe even get lunch, we've gotten lunch with people before, uh, Twitter would probably be the best way to do so. Uh, I, I agree. You can tweet at Will at Wash in the Sink, or myself at Dragging a Lake. Again, probably the easiest. We used to do meetups, but... Certain people are like, oh, I can't do Friday night. I can only do Friday afternoon. And people are like, I can't do Friday. I can only do Saturday. And it was just a hassle. So it's just way easier. If you tweet at us when you're at the show, we can tweet back and be like, we're also here. Let's meet at the uh, Dota 2 booth. I don't know if that's actually a booth, but it's just let's, let's be real. Whatever, wherever Monster Hunter World Capcom is, that's where you'll I, I actually us. don't think they'll be at East this year. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I think they're. I think Capcom's promoting whatever their newest game is. I don't. I think they're done promoting Monster well, Hunter. There will be a Capcom booth, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There will also be a Nintendo booth this year too. Nice. Um. So yeah, if you just want to tweet at us, maybe the morning of just being like, "Hey, can we meet up today?" And then like when you're at the show floor, tweeting at us again, being like, "Hey, I'm here. Or are you here?" It'll be it'll be just much much easier. Obviously, if you tweet us, tweet at us and be like, "Can you meet right now?" That might not be a hundred percent possible. Uh, but our panel is on Saturday. It's at twelve p.m. in the Arachnid Theater. I've been told that that theater can hold up to four hundred people. So we'll see if that's true or not. Usually, I, I I've never had the PAX staff lie to me before. They told me it holds up to four hundred, so I'm assuming it holds up to four hundred. Last year, the room held four hundred people. Last year, the room filled up. Uh, and there was no more spots. And yeah, they had to, they did have to turn people away last year, so keep that in mind. Yeah, I was told they turned away about 50 people last year. So if you want to get in, I would maybe suggest get, getting there a little bit early. It is on Saturday. I will not bring I will not be bringing my recording equipment. Uh there are uh there are two guests on the panel plus Will plus Micah. So I do not have enough microphones to bring. Plus, I'm traveling really light. Plus, I've learned that PAX can record the audio on their end through their mixing true, board. True. So I will yep. be bringing a hard drive. Uh, I will be um, having them record it. Hopefully, that sounds okay. If it doesn't, I will have a backup episode prepared. But the goal is for the PAX episode to go up on Monday. So there will definitely be an episode if that doesn't go up. I will default and upload a backup episode that we have prepared just in case that fails. I am prepared for this. This is why I have to edit like six podcasts today. <laughs> um, so that's the plan. Uh, can't wait to see you all at PAX. I'll probably be playing a lot of Pokemon Go outside of PAX. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all. Uh, yeah, and if anybody wants to play Vanguard, I will be bringing Vanguard decks with me. So I'm down. There, There is room at PAX to play trading card games. So... You want to bring some Vanguard? I will play some Vanguard with you. Well, I think we'll leave it at that. We got a little bit of a longer episode for you guys today. I just, uh, I love Detective Pikachu a whole lot, so we talked about that. <laughs> I like it too. It's very good. Uh, so we will see you guys at PAX. If not, uh, we will see you next week for uh, another episode of ISE. But this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. It's Super Effective was created and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork were also created by me. The music on ISE was created by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISE, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast or just tell a fellow friend about the show. ISE is my current job right now, and I need all the support I can get to keep doing it weekly. If you'd like to support ISE, you can do so on Patreon. 
you can support me by heading over to ISE.cash. For as little as $2 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community where you can battle, trade, and chat with other trainers. And for $5 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Mason, Kay, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening.